Hey, um, I don't know how about you, but man, this last week um, is, has been a little hard. And I think it's just coming off the kind of the letdown from Thanksgiving. I don't know if, if you guys are the same way, but I've talked to several people that were kind of the similar situation where, where you have like all the craziness of Thanksgiving, right? I mean, you had, had people over, maybe some people that were visiting, and, and so you had entertaining, and so that kind of wore you down, and then you had, had to deal with all of that. Or maybe you traveled yourself someplace, and even, even good things can, can, can still be something that just weighs you down, just creates a lot of stress. And then you get back to work, and you're like, I've had four days off, maybe even more, you took an extra day, and now you're, I got to get back to working, I get my brain working again. And so it's just trying to catch up with all of those things. So this time of year can be a really challenging time of year. But it's also, there's some really good things in this time of year as well. I mean, I can just think about, I'm guessing a lot of people over this last week or so started putting out their Christmas direction, or de- directions, decorations, the Christmas decorations. Someone gave you direction to put them out. Maybe that's what it was. Um, you put the, the stuff inside the house and outside of the house. And I'm more of an inside the house guy. I'm, I'm okay with doing that type of stuff. I think I'm probably a fair weather outside guy. I mean, because really when it comes down to it, it's like I'm, I, I know that in a couple months or a month or so, I'm going to have to go out and take it all back down. So I usually don't go do that. But my boys were back, and my youngest, um, Jake, he always loves to put lights up. And so he goes, Dad, he goes, can we put some lights up? And I'm like, dude, you, you're going to do it? He goes, yeah. He goes, I'm like, all right, all right. He goes, so give me a budget. So I gave him a budget. He went to the store with, with uh, my wife, Terry, and his girlfriend, Kaylee. And they, they rounded some stuff up. And they got home, and they started, start, he started talking about it. And he roped me in to going outside and putting him up. I think he knew all along that if he just got it, that he would get me out there to do, do some things with him. So we got out there, and we put some decorations up and, and got all of that going. Um, he and, uh, and his, his girlfriend, Kaylee, did most of the exterior. But it was awesome. They did a really great job. It looks great now. I'm just going to make him come back from college and, and take them all down, I think, in, in January sometime. Hopefully that will work out. But we have those things that are, are all good. And, and the Christmas music is another thing that usually starts about this time of year, like, like Thanksgiving time of year where that Christmas music starts playing. How many people started listening to Christmas music this last week? Yeah, okay, most of you. How many of you start, like, is your, your line of demarcation is, is, um, is Thanksgiving Day? Where it's like, okay, that no sooner. How many of you sooner than, than Thanksgiving Day? Okay, you're crazy. Sorry, just, I'm just saying. Uh, th- th- some of you that are doing that, I'm like, it's kind of like that, that piece that you keep pushing things forward, you know, where it's like all the stores now have Christmas in July, and you're like, really? I mean, can we, can we wait a little bit? See, for us, it's really always usually about that, that Thanksgiving time where we start listening to a little bit more of the Christmas music, and, and we started listening. We were all together in the car um, on, on, on Friday, uh, the day after Thanksgiving, and we were, we were having the, the, listening to Pentatonic's Christmas album in the car. It was cranked. We were singing. We sounded so good when the music was really, really loud. And we, I mean, we were, we were, we were awesome. And then we got out of the car and we started doing it again. And I'm like, oh, this is not so good. And Terry was actually recording and we played the recording back and it was horrible. And so I said, you need to get rid of that, that video. We not let anybody see that because that was just really, really bad stuff. But we had fun doing it. And, and the music continued on into the weekend. And as we came even to Sunday night, we ended up putting up our tree. We're back at our house and we turned the Christmas music on and, and we put the tree up and, and decorated the inside. It was a lot of fun. Had, had Spotify Christmas on and just had it cranked up. Really, a lot of times singing or at least trying to sing the songs of Christmas, both new and old. It's just a great time of year. And today we're starting this new series called The Songs of Christmas. 
And throughout this series, we're going to be taking a look at four different songs, ones that you will probably even have been singing over this last week or so. We're going to dig into these songs just a little bit more. We're going to, to, to do more than just sing them because I think there's sometimes when we sing a song, we're not really listening or really thinking about the words that go along with it. So we're going to dive in and see what, their, what is their message for us during this Christmas season. The song that we're going to start off with today is Joy to the World. We sang at the very beginning um, of the service today. Joy to the World was written over 300 years ago. That's amazing. Over 300 years ago, this was written by a guy named Isaac Watts. And who was Isaac Watts? Well, Isaac Watts was a PK. Anybody know what a PK is? It's, it's a preacher's kid. And so he didn't like the church music that time very much. And in fact, he thought it was actually kind of boring. And he told his dad so. And so his dad, being a, his, being a good dad, I think, he said, man, if you don't like the music, then do something about it. Write your own music. And so instead of saying, well, whatever, dad, you know, sure, he actually took him up on it. And he started writing music. He, he has written, and in fact, he's credited with writing over 750 hymns, including classics like When I Survey the Wondrous Cross or Our God, Our Help in Ages Past. And if you're my age or older and you've been in the church for a little while, those two songs, you're probably like, oh, yep, I rec recognize the names of those. For those of you that don't, man, if you pick up a hymnal in any church and open up the book, you're going to probably see some songs written by Isaac Watts. But Watts was, he was doing some things a little bit different. He was an innovator. And, and sometimes what happens with innovators, when you, when you start changing things or doing things different than when, from the way they always have been done, you start to get a little pushback as well. He was accused of being a tool of the devil. And people saying, well, hey, you can't do that. This isn't the way we've done things before. But he continued and he persevered. And he made a big impact in changing the music of that day and even has an impact on the music of today. Watts is a really good example of, of one of those people who just, and despite the circumstances around, just continued to persevere. When he knew that this is what God wanted him to do, he continued to press through. And, and he's published now all these songs, but the most published song that he has is Joy to the World. And although this song is a song today that we associate with Christmas, it was not written as a Christmas song. If you take and think about the words that we just sang, they, you can see that it doesn't talk about Mary and Joseph. It doesn't talk about the wise men. And it doesn't talk about baby Jesus. Joy to the World was written as a hymn and used Psalm 98 mainly as its inspiration. Psalm 98, 4 through 6 says this. Shout to the Lord, all the earth. Break out in praise and sing for joy. Sing your praise to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the melodious song. With trumpets and the sound of the ram's horn, make a joyful symphony before the Lord, the King. See, the overall so, so, uh, theme of Psalm 98 was this, this idea of thankfulness and, and of praise and of joy to the Lord for what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do. Before we dive in the song, though, today, I just have a couple questions to get us thinking. First question is this. Are you happy? Are you happy? And that may seem a little bit like a, a loaded question. I think if I went around the room and asked individual people, there'd be some that would say, yeah, I am. And some would say, no, not so much. Some would say, well, I think of myself as a happy person most of the time. And some other persons will say, yeah, John, just back off and leave me alone. I'm guessing you're not so happy, all right? I, mean, I get that. It happens. Maybe others would say, man, yesterday I was really happy, but I just got this news. 
and now not so much. Let me ask you another question, a little different. Are you joyful? Are you filled with joy? See, this question of, of joy, I don't, at least for me, makes me have to stop and think a little bit longer. Because I think when I think of my emotions, like happy and sad is easy for me to identify. But it's this idea of joy is, is a little bit harder for us to understand. And I think it's understandable because there is actually a pretty de decent difference between happiness and joy. I don't think we always recognize it. For one, happiness is fleeting while joy is foundational. Happiness is fleeting while joy is foundational. Happiness is based on the external. Joy is based on internal. The term happiness itself comes from an old Norse term, hap, which meant luck or chance. It was based on the circumstances, on the happenings around you. And so to be happy, it was based on the current situations of things that were going on around you, and those things are fleeting. They can come and they can go. If you have something good to happen to you, you're happy. Something not so much, it makes you sad. If your job is going well, more than likely you're in a spot, I'm like, man, things, I'm happy. Things are really going good. But then all of a sudden something happens and it changes and you're like, mm, I'm not so happy. I'm, I'm actually sad or mad right now. If you're a student and you got a good grade on your test, man, you're, you're happy. If you flunked that test, you're, you're sad. And for some of you, if you got a D, you're like, man, that's sweet. I got, I got through, I passed, I'm good. If, you're, if your relationship is going really well and, and just feels like you're on cloud nine and everything is, is awesome, you're just like, man, things are really, really good. I am so happy. And then something may happen in that relationship and it turns it around and you're now sad. If your sports team is winning, you're happy. If they're losing, you're sad. And if you're a Broncos fan, that goes up and down each and every week because that's just kind of how things happen. Your happiness is based on the external circumstances around you, and that happiness is fleeting. It can come and it can go. On the other hand, when it comes to joy, joy is foundational. Genuine joy does not depend upon our circumstances. It's a gift. It's a gift that we have to choose to accept. It's an inner sense of well-being that is not dependent upon what is going on around us, going on in our lives. It can't be found in our possessions. It can't be found in our circumstances. It can only be found in one place, and that is the source of true joy. So where can we find this joy? I think joy to the world gives us a pretty good picture of that. As I mentioned earlier, majority of this song is based on Psalm 98, but there are other verses that inspired different parts of the song as well, and we're going to take a look at them as we go through. But today what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at each of the stanzas of this song and come up with four different ways to experience joy in your world. The first way to experience joy in your world is when you accept Jesus as your Lord and King. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and King. There's only one reason why joy even exists in this world, and I think it's what Isaac Watts writes about in that first stanza of Joy to the World. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and your King, you can experience joy because he is the source of true joy. Jesus brought joy to the world. The first line says it here, joy to the world, the Lord is come. 
Luke 10, 2 through 11 states it this way. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you the good news that will bring the great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Jesus came to earth to bring us the good news of great joy. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Sometimes when people sing that song, they, they want to say, the Lord has come. But Isaac Watts was very particular about this because I think that when you say the Lord is come, it sounds kind of not like how we would normally talk. It was a little bit more appropriate for those days, but I think it's really intentional because the reality is if we think about it, if it, if it was the Lord has come, it almost de depicts it that he came and he's gone and he's left. But that's just not the case. See, the Lord is come is much more appropriate. Because Jesus came, yes, but he left the Holy Spirit to build, be around us and to dwell amongst, among us. So the Lord is come. He hasn't left us. He is still here. How many people during this Christmas season will be so consumed with everything that's going on around them that they will miss Jesus? You know, we may all see um, signs or hear people say or see something posted on, on social media that says Jesus is the reason for this season. And I think we know that. And, but sometimes we can even kind of like almost be like, like feel like it's a little cheeky, almost like a little like, oh, yeah, of course you, you say it, but you don't really need to say it because, yeah, we know that. But, but the reality is I think we need to be reminded of it. We need to be reminded of the fact. If we want to experience joy this season, we need to be reminded that Jesus is our Lord and King, not our demanding schedules. Not the pursuit of that perfect gift. Not, not being in all the right places at all the right times. If we want to have the joy of Christmas, we need to be looking for him. Even back in the day when Jesus was born, the people weren't looking for him. And Watts even penned that in the phrase, let every heart prepare him room. He was most likely referencing Luke 2.7 that says this, and she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there were no room for them in the inn. Man, you and I, we all, we need to make room for Jesus in our hearts during this season. And if you've never done that, you can do that today. Maybe you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and King. Man, if you want to have joy in your world, it starts right there. It starts right there. It starts with a recognition that Jesus came to earth, died on a cross, rose again the third day later, and is now seated on the right hand of the Father. But he left again the Holy Spirit to fill us within, to allow us to experience that joy on a regular basis. And as a follower of Jesus, as a person on this world, our first step is to do is to accept Jesus as our Lord and King, to know that he has done that. And we can do that just by telling to say, man, Jesus, I understand what you've done. I declare with my mouth and I believe in my heart all the things that you've declared and things that you've said, and I want to make you the Lord and leader of my life. You can do that from right where you are, whether you're watching online or whether you are here. Man, if you haven't done that, start this season out right. Start by just giving up everything, saying, you know what, God, I've been trying to do everything on my own, but I want you be the Lord and leader of my life because you can experience joy in your world when you accept Jesus as your Lord and King. Second stanza of this song 
reads this way. Joy to the world, the Savior reigns. Let men their songs employ while fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. See, Watson knew that, that when he said this, that men, we, we must not only accept Jesus as our Lord and King, but we also must allow him in, in to reign really over our hearts and our lives. That's the second way that we can experience joy in your world, when you allow Jesus to reign over your heart and your soul. Accepting Jesus as our Lord and King is the first step. But if our relationship with him stops right there, our connection to the joy, our source of joy stops as well. Not because he stops giving it, because we stop seeking it. We stop putting ourselves in a place to fill up with it. We stop being able to have that all be things that just comes into our lives and fills us back up. Think about it this way. If you're hungry, what do you do? You go get something to eat or drink, right? That's just a common thing that we, we know that our bodies to, to need the energy that we need to, to, to move on each and every day. We need to eat something. We need to drink water. We need to, we need to move forward. We need to have that food that just gives us that, that energy to sustain us, to move us forward. And we don't really even have to think about it, do we? Because it's, it's almost programmed into our lives. We have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We realize that, yeah, we may miss one of those here and there. But, but most often, the time, we don't. We, don't. We, we know that those are things that are going to need to sustain us and keep us going. We also know that if we stop eating and drinking long enough, you'll die. Your body can't survive without it. You can't just eat once and you're good for life. Our relationship with Jesus is more than just that initial decision to accept him as our Lord and King. It's not just a one-time decision to say, okay, I'm following him and now I'm, I'm good. No, it's a daily decision to allow him to guide our hearts, to guide our, our actions. And that means to allow Jesus to reign over our hearts and souls. Joy to the world. The Savior reigns. Allowing Jesus to reign in our lives. It's a daily decision to seek him desperately. It's a daily decision to walk with him. It's a daily decision to praise him no matter what the circumstances are in our life. Man, that's a hard thing sometimes. But no matter what, we lift him praise for what he's doing and what he's done. God created you and me and everything in this world to give him praise. Psalm 98, 7 through 8 says, let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the earth and all the living things join in. Let the rivers clap their hands in glee. Let the hills sing out their songs of joy. As we allow joy, and as we allow Jesus to reign in our, our lives, everything in our life is impacted. He will impact every single thing. And even to the spot where we start to realize that it's more than just us. Even the fields and the floods, the rocks, hills, and the plains will repeat the sounding joy. As we continue to grow in our relationship with Jesus, we need to realize that we don't just need to fill up when we are down and out or when we've had a hard day or when things aren't going so well. It needs to be part of our daily rhythm. And as you and I, as we allow Jesus to reign over our heart and soul, we can experience joy in our world. All right, let's move on to third stanza. This one is a little bit, a little bit different, all right? This one says, No more let sin and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found. 
This brings us to the third way we can experience joy in your world, and that's when we repent of your sinfulness. And you're like, oh, awesome. That was really joyful, John. Thanks for bringing a little lift up, you know. That's the whole idea of repentance. That doesn't sound very joyful, does it? And it's interesting because the, this stanza is often left out of the different renditions that are done when we sing joy to the world. In fact, I was talking with Cynthia and Marcel, and we were kind of going through the set list and everything for this week. I was telling them kind of where I was going with them, and they said, actually, you know what? This verse isn't in the rendition that we do. And I think there's a reality that a lot of that becomes because, man, we're at this time of Christmas. We're like, we want to focus on joy, on, on happiness, on, on really good things, right? We don't want to spend our time talking about repentance and, and sinfulness. But, man, I think it's so, so vital that we do. I think it is so important. See, the word repent is something that seems a little bit scary. I think it's one of those things that seems like, ah, oh, man, I, don't, I just don't, that doesn't feel very good. And, and, and we talk about sinfulness, that's, that you don't like doing that. But the word repent, really all it means is to turn the other way. So repenting of our sinfulness, of our, our brokenness, is just turning away from those things and turning ourselves towards Jesus. And it may be hard for us to go down that road, but I think it's so important for us to remind it of that. Because, because of this, this, this curse that we have in our life, because of it, we need a Savior. Because of the curse, we need Him to reign over our hearts and our souls. That's the only thing that gives us a little bit of a hope for that. And here's the thing. We can actually find a little joy in this when we realize that we can find true joy because of the sacrifice that Jesus made that covers our sinfulness. Romans 5, 20 said God's law, God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as people sinned more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. See, there's joy when we let God's light infiltrate the darkness of our life. This is when his presence in our life causes us to act differently, to think differently, to live differently, to turn the other way and turn towards him. Sinful is, sinfulness is something that every single one of us has to deal with. It's where we fall short of the standards that God sent for us. And there's no one that's excused of that. But we can find joy in this fact that he comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. And some of you may be sitting here and go, man, you know what, I, when you said before about accepting Jesus as my Lord and King, I, I just don't think I can do that because I feel like I'm so far away from him, like I'm, I'm too far removed that there's no way that he will have enough to, uh, forgiveness for me because, man, I'm, I'm just a bad person. I've, I've done some horrible things. You don't know what I've done. But the reality is that that's why he came. And no matter what that was, no matter what you have done, He's made a way back to the Father. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. It doesn't mean that, well, it doesn't go over here, it doesn't cover that one. No, it covers everything. See, God knows that we're going to struggle. He knows that we're going to mess up. He knows it, but his blessings flow. The blessing of his sacrifice will cover all far as the curse is found. And there's joy in that. See, repentance is changing the way that we think that changes the way we live our lives. It's a decisive change in direction. It's a change of mind that leads to a change of thinking, that leads to a change of attitude, 
It leads to a change of feeling, a change of values, and a change in the way that you and I live out our lives. You and I can experience joy in our world when we repent of our sinfulness. And finally, it comes to the fourth stanza. And this one says this. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. The fourth way that you can experience joy in your world is when you recognize that Jesus will rule over your life with truth and grace. Psalm 98, 8 through 9 says, Let the rivers clap their hands in glee. Let the hills sing out their songs of joy before the Lord. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with justice and the nations with fairness. And this last stanza tells us how Jesus brings the joy. See, joy comes because he rules with perfect balance of grace and truth. We talked about this a little bit in our last series. Jesus will never dumb down the truth to make us feel better. See, truth is important for us to know in our lives. It's important for us to understand this, but he will also never withhold grace, especially when we need it the most. Jesus brings joy to our world because he brings that perfect balance of grace and truth. These four stanzas are a great testimony of the power of the gospel in our lives. The anticipation of the king comes from stanza one, the celebration of his reign and rule in stanza two, and the recognition of our need for a savior that can conquer sin in stanza three. And all of this is wrapped up in the one who will bring us truth and grace to a broken world. And in that, we find Jesus. Happiness. Happiness is fleeting, but joy is foundational. It is okay and is even good for us to find happiness, to be happy, but is more vital, is more fulfilling, and is definitely more foundational for us to receive the gift of joy. See, happiness works from the outside in. It's dependent upon the circumstances and happenings around us that we cannot control. Those things will happen. But joy... Joy comes from the inside out. Joy is a gift. It's a gift from Jesus. It represents what he's doing in our lives. Joy reflects to our world that our hope, our hope isn't in the things of this world. Our hope isn't in the circumstances of the world. Our hope isn't in the happiness and the things that make us happy and we seem to bring that temporal feeling. No, our hope, our hope, is in the person of Jesus Christ. As we start in this season, and we know that there's going to be some external challenges, we know there's going to be some things that derail us, that, that impact our temporal feeling of happiness. Let's choose the gift of joy, right? Let's choose the gift of joy this season. Let's ask Jesus to come into our life. Let's, have, let's focus on him, and let's bring a little joy to the world. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for who you are. Father, I just am so thankful that you brought hope, you brought joy into this world. Because of your sacrifice, because of what you did, that you reconnected us in relationship with our Heavenly Father. God, help us to focus on what you are doing in our lives 
and through our lives. Help us hold on to, grasp onto the joy. Man, if we need a little bit more, help us to seek you desperately, Lord, because I know you'll be there. I know you will meet us right where we are. And I pray this this holiday season, Father, that you will continue to focus our eyes on you and the hope that you bring to this world, the joy to the world. I pray this in Jesus' name. Thanks for checking out this week's message. If you'd like to get involved here at Northern Hills, check out our website at inhills.org or download the Northern Hills app. We hope to see you again soon.